living in a post-apocalyptic world. There are floods of biblical scale. I'm forced to seek refuge in a community dominated by men, living underground like the underside of Grand Central Station. It's a vast space with exposed pipes, vents, and electrical stuff with lots of different paths and separate spaces inside. There are a few hundred of us in this society. Women are not allowed to participate in the official business of this society and are forced to do what they're told. I'm about 50 years old. There are only a few other older women and we remember how things used to be, whereas most of the younger girls grew up underground. We have our own subculture, commiserating with each other while doing chores like washing the men's clothes. We have to wear drab clothing, covered up in black cloaks that were uncomfortably hot and restrictive. The men wear colorful, decorative clothes. Some walk around with their shirts off. One of their high-status males just wears bands of colored fabric and showy feathers. I mentored a girl, about 12, named Lily. Here we aren't allowed to show favoritism towards family, so I wasn't allowed to be close with my own younger sister, Karen. The penalties for favoritism are severe. We would be separated at best or possibly drafted into war. There's a war with the humans and the original inhabitants of the underground who are humanoids allergic to light. They're blind, but still dangerous. That's why we stayed halfway between the true underground and the surface close to the light where we could fight them off. Men and women are drafted to fight them and most wouldn't make it back alive. Mostly, we're afraid. The other older women who also remember are resigned to their lot in life, but I still hold on to hope. As an act of defiance, some of us started wearing red bands on our arms, underneath our cloaks. We're found out by the male council, who call us in immediately to punish us. The highest-ranking men are the elders who decide to cut one of the young girl's arms off to make an example of her. Instead of cowering, I convinced the women to take off an outer layer of clothing that were required to wear over our tops that restricted our movement and speak up to the council. We shock the society, and the men threaten us, but they can't punish all of us. When we get back to our quarters, Lily asked me about the world above. Another girl chimed in, saying that it was destroyed in the floods because of evil times. I rolled my eyes and told her that there were still people on the surface. She says she wants to go. I decide to take the risk and go up to the surface with a handful of the other girls who are also eager to know what it's like. We go up in a long tunnel. It's longer than I ever thought. The journey is hard and we walk up several staircases, climb vertically up pipes. Some of the climb upwards is so steep and dark that looking down is just an abyss. Finally, we get to the surface. The tunnel leads directly to a Masonic lodge with beautiful decor and gold objects and illustrations of stars and galaxies. But we hurried through because we felt the presence of ghosts. Outside, it's dark, and everything has a radioactive sheen to it. We know it's dangerous. 
but we get to a cafe which we're shocked exists. We sit down, and when the owner comes, she calls me the leader of the underground rebellion and offers me tea and cookies on the house. I was shocked, but the other girls were looking reverently at me, so I smile and thank her. Not wanting our escape to be noticed by the men, we hurry back soon after. When we're back with the girls, Lily says it really wasn't so bad up there. Rumors were spreading that we had made our trip to the surface. While this was still mostly a secret to the men, they're unhappy with our newfound confidence. We hear that the elders are going to punish me. My first trip to the surface has sparked hope that I can tunnel all the girls to escape, so I quickly try to plan another trip above, sending the other girls ahead and saying I would meet up with them after. I'm afraid if they'll be able to make it out safely, but they insist they can handle it. The elders take me to a small wooden box that contains pain itself, and they force me to hold my hand inside. It feels like every cell is being stabbed, but I focus my prayers with the other girls. I have to put on a good face so I can go. The box leaves a zigzag scar, but they let me leave. I climbed the tunnels by myself and end up in the Masonic Lodge again. Again, I get the ghostly feeling, and I feel scared. There's a blue starry carpet and golden statue in the middle of the building. This time, I run through the enormous double doors, and when I get through, I'm shocked to see that it's already bright outside, thinking it would still be nighttime. I run to the cafe feeling panicked. When I get there, the other girls all have their heads hung low. Something is very wrong. They tell me that Lily fell on the way to the surface. I turn white as a sheet. A couple of them say not to worry, that they have a plan. We'll coerce a surface girl down to the underground to replace her. Because the elders only counted us as numbers and wouldn't notice. I was appalled. I ran out of the cafe. The people on the surface walking around are dressed in uniforms and are paid by the elders as security to protect us. But they seem to be showing support for me when they see me go by. How did everyone know who I was? I ended up at the Brooklyn Bridge, which had become nothing more than a footbridge. I saw a fox-like demon resting on the towers, and I climbed over to him. The sun glittered over him. I was stunned by the magic of his appearance. He gave me a wink and a smile. I pet his strange head, and an old man next to me said, You could be free like him too, you know. I sighed. I knew I had to go back to protect the girls. Suddenly, the sun slipped behind the horizon, and everybody began to change back into their dreary human form. The fox demon turned into a nonchalant-looking man. He put on a hat, and I realized he was one of the guards from the power plant between the underground and the surface that we drew power from. When I asked why he had changed back, he smiled at me and said he needed to go to work. I ran back to the entrance and found the other girls were waiting for me. At the foot of the manhole cover was a note. It said the elders had decided to draft me 
which meant certain death. My vision of tunneling all the women out of the underground comes crashing down. I realize I can only free myself and hope to be an example to them. I knew I couldn't go back. Behind the official draft letter was a flashlight and a note from the guard I had met on the bridge. It said simply to go and be myself. I took the flashlight and fled. The special counsel used to hunt down escapees was waiting at the exit from the city. But the guard told them he caught me by the Masonic Lodge, misdirecting them, and I was able to slip by as they quickly went in the opposite direction. When I shined the flashlight on people, it revealed their true forms, like the guard's fox demon. I shined it on myself and saw a familiar blue and white uniform and hair flowing down to my waist. I slowly transformed into Sailor Moon and ran across the Brooklyn Bridge to freedom. Tell me 